talk to you about Own It today. I, I want to begin with just a little participation at every single location. So just let, lift, let me know by just lifting your hand which category you fall in. How many of you fill up your gas tank if it gets below three-fourths? I mean, it's not even half a tank. It's just three-fourths. You go gas your car. But then anybody? Yeah, there's, there's, there's three of you. We're praying for you. Amen. <laughs> Come on now. How many, how many of you, how many of you gas your car up? When your tank is half full, that's your, that's your indicator, half full. Come on, all my half full people. All right, all right. How, how many of you gas your car when it's three-fourths empty? Come on, just let me know where you are. Come on, who the, come on. Now, now here, here's my last category. Here's my last category. How many of you wait until the gas light comes on? Come on, somebody. Come on. Yeah, that's your pastor right there. Yeah, the gas light lets me know the Lord is speaking. Come on, somebody. Time to gas it up. The light is on. One time I was driving on 235, I was driving on Broadway Extension. And, you know, I know my gas gauge. Come on, you know what I'm saying? I know the gas gauge. I've been driving this car. The light came on, but when the light comes on, I, know I got 40 more miles left. Come on, somebody, hey. That light don't be gas up yet. It means I got 40, 50 miles left. And my gas gauge got off, church. And my car stopped right in the middle of the road on Broadway Extension. Like, I, I, I mean, it just like that. I didn't even have time to get to the side of the road. I mean, I'm stopping traffic in the middle of the road. I don't have no baseball cap on. And so people are like, that's the pastor people's church. <laughs> Pushing my car out the middle of the road. Pastor! Horrible. In life, you can run so hard and so fast that you run out of gas mentally, physically, emotionally. You can move so fast in life and misread your gas gauges. You weren't even planning on running out of gas, but you find yourself with nothing left in your tank. You're showing up to work, you're showing up to school, you're showing up at home, you're showing up in your relationships, and you don't even realize it. You're running out of gas, and you're about to stop in the middle of the road of life. It was over a decade ago. I was running so hard and so fast in church, in life, navigating all the complexities, raising four small children. And I was going home, and some of you know what this is like. I was, I was there, but I wasn't there. I was home, but I was distant. I was disconnected from my family. I was in an unhealthy place emotionally, mentally, physically. I wasn't reading my gas gauges properly. And I ran out of gas. And I've shared this story with you in the past. I ended up in the heart hospital. Thought I was having a heart attack. Found out I was having a stress attack. I wasn't planning on it, but I stopped in the middle of the road of life. And some of you are there today or you're very close to being there today. 
I want to take you to a story in the Bible about a man who wasn't reading his gas gauges properly, and he ran out of gas, and it almost cost him his life. In 1 Kings chapter number 18, Elijah, he called fire down from heaven. He defeated the prophets of Baal. King Ahab, he heard about how Elijah had defeated the prophets of Baal, and he told his wife about it. And I want to read about his wife. Come on, how many know one bad woman can set you off? Come on, somebody. Hey. Let, let, let's look at this story together. 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse number 1, it says, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there. While he, he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush and sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I want to die. I am no better than my ancestors. Elijah was running so hard and so fast, and he found himself in a bad place emotionally, physically, mentally. He wanted to end his own life. What do you do when you're in a bad place emotionally and mentally? How do you begin to own your emotional and mental health? How do you own it so that you can keep yourself from running out of gas in the middle of the road of life? Get your pen, get your paper, get your phone, stay off social media, take some notes today. I want to help you. Let me give you six habits to owning your health from this story. Six habits to owning your health. Number one is this. Own recognizing the warning signs of being emotionally unhealthy. Recognizing the warning signs. I, I want you to notice the warning signs that led up to Elijah running out of gas. He was working hard. He just defeated the prophets of Baal. He has this great victory. I mean, he, he's on high, on cloud nine. And shortly after the victory, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 3 that he was afraid. He was dealing with extreme Fear because Jezebel said, I'm going to kill you. And so his emotions, his adrenaline, they were already high from this huge encounter with the prophets of Baal. And now he's facing this threat from Jezebel. His emotions are all over the place. Then the scripture says he ran for his life. He had no break after the prophets of Baal. He just kept going. He did not recognize his gas tank was running low. He kept pushing through. He kept going hard. He kept going fast. And then scripture says he left his servant and isolated himself. His gas tank was running low, and then he went into the wilderness all by himself. Isolating himself was one of the worst decisions 
that he made when he was in a bad place. And then he admitted that he had enough. He was out of gas. He couldn't take anymore. He was overwhelmed. He was worn out. He was out of gas and he was ready to die. And the Bible tells us the warning signs that Elijah faced. And for you and I to be emotionally and mentally healthy, we have to recognize the warning signs. I want to encourage you, church family, begin to recognize the warning signs. Some of you are seeing the warning signs. You're seeing them, but you're avoiding them. You're ignoring them. You've got to recognize those warning signs. Pastor, what are some of the warning signs? I want you to think about it. Are, you, are your emotions all over the place? Just fearful, worried, anxious all the time, stressed out all the time, depressed, are you dealing with constant sadness or hopelessness? Maybe even there's some things physically going on. You're dealing with a chemical imbalance and your emotions are all over the place. Are you having constant mood swings, erratic emotions, frequently crying? Are you having unhealthy responses to people, always angry, agitated? Come on, anybody know any angry, agitated Christians? Come on, just... Wink at me. You, 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 anybody live with one? You living with one? Just wink at me. Huh? Always lashing out, angry, agitated. Got you walking on eggshells. Are you always tired, worn out, having difficulty sleeping? Warning signs, warning signs. Are you going at an unsustainable pace? Are you ignoring the Sabbath, not taking off one day a week? Have you isolated yourself? Have you pulled away from your family, from your friends? Are you having a lack of interest in activities that you used to love? A lack of focus. You're having a difficulty just, just concentrating and giving your full attention to whatever you're working on. Your performance is declining. I want you to begin to own your health by recognizing the warning signs. Be honest with yourself. Don't lie to yourself. If you're not doing well, admit it. You, you may still have a little gas in the tank, but you're seeing some warning signs. Be honest with yourself so that you can get some help. You know, whenever you and I, we go to the doctor, one of the very first questions they ask us is, what's wrong? What are your symptoms? And you don't tell them that your toe is hurting if your head is hurting. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, I don't want you working on my head. It's my foot. It's my foot. Why do you tell them the symptoms that you're dealing with? Because if you don't, you're not going to get the right diagnosis. You're not going to get prescribed the right treatment. And some of you are trying to hide your symptoms. You're ignoring the warning signs. You're not being honest with yourself. And you're going to run out of gas in the middle of the road of life, even though you weren't planning on it. Number two is this. Write this down. Write this down. Own evaluating how you got where you are. Own evaluating how you got where you are. It's so helpful to read the story of Elijah and to see what led up to him running out of gas. And there are times in life we can actually see the warning signs. We know we're running out of gas. We know we're not in a good place, but we never stop and evaluate why. 
We never ask, what's causing me to run low on gas? And so many people, when they're struggling, they're running low on gas, they just keep doing the same thing. They just keep living the same lifestyle until they finally run out of gas in the middle of the road of life. And what I want you to do when you own your health, I want you to recognize the warning signs and then ask yourself, how did I get to this place? Why am I running out of gas? What do I need to own and change so that I can get to a healthier place in life? As you evaluate if you aren't sure what's causing you to run out of gas, point three is going to help you. Number three is this. Own listening to spiritual guidance. Listening to spiritual guidance. Notice in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 7, it says, The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, and said, Get up and eat, for the journey is too much for you. The angel of the Lord spoke to Elijah on multiple occasions. Now, I'm not focusing on the angel speaking to Elijah. What I want you to notice is that Elijah didn't listen to his own voice. Because when you're in a bad place, the worst person you can listen to is yourself. Because when you're in a bad place, you don't see things clearly. Your perspective is clouded. Your brain is foggy. You're tired. You can get a bit irrational. You're not in a good place emotionally. And you need someone who is spiritually mature to speak into your life. Notice I said spiritually mature and not just spiritual. You need somebody spiritually mature, someone who walks with God, who knows the word of God, who has proven success in their own life. So they can speak into your life and situation. And here's our natural tendency. When we're not doing well, our natural tendency is to respond like Elijah did at first. And that's to isolate himself. And what you and I, we have to be careful of is if you're not careful, you get in a bad place and you start pulling away from relationships. But you have to force yourself to get around godly people. When you're running out of gas, you need people in your life who will speak the truth in love to you. People who will help you see what you can't see about yourself. People who are full of wisdom, who are godly, people who know the Bible and will give you biblical guidance. One of the best things that some of you could do for your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual health is to get in a small group, to own it, to push through wanting to isolate yourself. You may be like me, an introvert, but don't listen. You got to have people. You need people. Push through the awkward feelings that we can all have when building relationships. Push through the insecurities of wondering, well, I wonder what they're going to think about me. No, no, I got to get in a group. Get some godly voices in your life that will help you get gas back in your tank. Number four is this. Number four is this. Just look at your neighbor and say, those first three weren't for you, but this last, this next one is. Go ahead and tell them, this next, this next one, this is for you right here. Yeah, this is for you. Number four is this. Own doing the practical things. Own doing the practical things. Church, hear your pastor. I want to help you right now. Just look this way. Come on, online. Put down that pancake. Look at me real quick. I want, you, I want you to catch this. I want you to catch this. Sometimes 
we get too spiritual. We're in a bad place. We're not doing good at all. And then we get all spiritual. Not doing good emotionally, mentally, physically. I mean, in a bad place. Get all spiritual. I'm binding the devil. I'm pleading the blood. I'm speaking in tongues. I'm anointing myself with oil. I'm confessing the word. I'm lifting my hands to praise the God in Jesus' name. I'm speaking the name of Jesus. I'm declaring victory. I'm more than a conqueror. You know how when people get real spirits, they get that face. Come on, they get quickening. And God said, that's all good. But go take a nap. Yeah, you binding the devil, but go to sleep. Notice in 1 Kings chapter number 19, and what he says in verse number 5, it says, Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. All at once the angel touched him and said, Now notice what the angel, when he touched him and said, The angel didn't touch him and say, I need you to pray all night long. No, no, he said, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there by his head was some bread baked over hot coals in a jar of water. He ate and drank and then lay down again. The angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, he didn't say, pray, pray, long prayer. No, he said, man, you need to get up and eat for the journey is too much for you. Practical things helped Elijah. He listened to the voice of the angel. He rested, slept, he ate. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is the most practical things. They can help your life the most. They can put, it can put gas back in your tank. The practical things. Get some rest. It's a word for somebody. Take a day off every week. You're pushing yourself too hard. Some of you after church today need to go home and take a nap. Pastor, I'm not a napper, but you need it. Go on, go take a nap. You need to start sleeping, going to bed earlier. You need to, some of you need to figure out why you can't sleep well at night. You need to start eating a good meal. Some of you need to cut out some fried food and sugar. Somebody biting the devil right now when I said, you're like, I'll rebuke that devil. You need to eat healthier. Maybe you need to start exercising. Go on a walk every day in your neighborhood. Get your blood pumping, your heart moving, and pumping a little faster. Maybe start going to the gym. Stop isolating yourself. Get in a small group. Own the practical things. They will help you get some gas back in your tank. Some of you, if you would just start doing the practical things, own it. It'll change your emotional, mental, and physical health. Number five is this. Number five is this. This fifth habit. On pursuing the presence of God. Notice this in 1 Kings chapter 19, verse number 9. It says, there he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. Now, notice what he says. I am the only one left. I'm not preaching on this right here, but that wasn't true. But he, you get clouded. You don't think good and right when you're unhealthy. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one serving you, Jesus. No, that's not true. He said, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain 
in the, if you have a paper Bible, circle this, in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Boy, the presence of the Lord can change your life. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? And Elijah owned getting in the presence of the Lord. And let me tell you what's so encouraging to me about this story and about Elijah. It did not take a massive move of God for the Lord to work in Elijah's life. I love how the Bible points out God wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake, but I'm starting to wonder in Oklahoma. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lord, are you coming now? Wasn't in the wind. Wasn't in the earthquake. Wasn't in the fire. I want you to notice what Scripture says. God spoke to Elijah in a whisper. Church, if you want to get some gas in your tank, you have to own getting in the presence of God. It's the small whispers of God that can change your life. It's the small spiritual disciplines. Not the earthquake, not the wind, not the fire. The small spiritual disciplines that can put some gas back into your tank. Like Start praying and reading your Bible every day. Pastor, would that really help me? I'm telling you. Just start every day reading your Bible, praying, giving God the first 15 minutes every day. You've been doing that, you might increase it to 30, 45, but just every day pray and read your Bible, and you'll begin to hear the whispers of God on a daily basis. Come to church every Sunday so you can experience corporate worship and hear the preaching of God's Word. I'm telling you, God will whisper to you. He'll put gas back in your tank. That's why we do the four-week challenge. It's not for crumble cookies. It's to help you get planted in church so your, your spiritual gas tank can get filled up. Like, listen, this is not just, I'm not, I'm not trying to grow some crowd. I've been preaching now. I've been pastoring the church for 21 years. I'm just not too impressed with crowds. I need you to get planted so your life can flourish, so your family can flourish, so you can hear the whispers of God. It makes that big of a difference in your life. It does. You need your spiritual gas tank full of gas so that you can face the challenges of life and you have to own it. Church, nobody can own it for you. Nobody can own tomorrow morning you getting up and praying and reading your Bible. Nobody can own on Wednesday night you coming and getting in a small group, coming to brotherhood or sisterhood. Nobody can own you being in church next Sunday. You got to own it and say, I got to get in the presence of God so I can get my tank refilled with gas. I need the whispers of God. I need the presence of God. I need the touch of God. I need God to breathe on me again. I got to get in the presence of God. You got to own it. You got to own it. Number, number six is, is this. Own pursuing God's purpose for your life. Own pursuing God's purpose for your life. After Elijah rested, he ate, he heard the voice of the angel, he got in the presence of God. Then God told him, 
Go back to your purpose. Go back to living out the very reason I put you on the earth. Go back to your purpose, Elijah. In church, living out God's purpose for your life will put gas back in your emotional, mental tank. Some of you don't realize this, and I want you from this day forward to understand this biblical truth. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And when you begin to live out that purpose, it'll put gas back in your tank. 1 Kings chapter 15, chapter 19, verse 15. It says, the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. Go back to your purpose. Go back the same way you came. Don't sit on this under this tree. Don't just stay here by yourself. No, go on back. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king of a over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshai, king over Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, and Abel, Mahalo, to succeed you as prophet. Elijah had to go back to his purpose. He said, God said, I want you to go back and anoint these kings. Go back to your poor purpose. You're, you're a prophet. I want you to spend the rest of your life mentoring Elisha to take your place as prophet. I want you to go back to living out your purpose, investing in others. Because Elijah, when you go back to your purpose, it puts gas back in your tank. Go back to your purpose. You know, whenever I'm on vacation, uh, from time to time, this happens to me. Not all the time, but from time to time. I'll get a little restless on vacation. Sometimes I can get a little down, a little depressed. Get on vacation and get away from my purpose. I can start to feel off a little bit. I need rest. I need rejuvenation. I need all those things. Those are important. But can I tell you, there's something that happens in me when I'm living out God's purpose for my life. It, it puts fuel in my tank. And it's the same for you. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You were created to build God's kingdom. You were created to make disciples. You were created to serve people. You were created to help people know God and to grow in God. I I'm telling some of you today, you will get gas back in your tank if you get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on your purpose. Elijah, get your eyes off yourself and get back to anointing some kings. Get back to raising up Elisha. Get back to your purpose. And some of you have a purpose to invest in kids and you need to get back to your purpose in investing in kids and helping kids serve the Lord and know God. Some of you have a purpose to help teenagers know God and, and to walk in wisdom to teach them so that they don't make the same mistakes that you made. You, you've got a call on your life. God has God has hardwired you to make a difference in students' lives. Some of you have, have this passion for Mabel Bassett and, and you don't even realize it but when you start getting on the Mabel Bassett dream team and going to that correctional facility every single Sunday where we have church with those wonderful beautiful ladies and sharing Jesus with them and discipling them and baptizing them in water and you start serving those ladies at Mabel Bassett, it's going to change your life. You're going to get gas back in your tank. Some of you, your marriage used to be bad and God turned it around. 
Some of you have been married for years and you have practical tips and God has called you, he's hardwired you to take some young married couples and to invest in them and to show them how to have a marriage that makes it the distance and that honors God. Some of you used to be addicted. You got that test of baloney. Get your testimony out. You know you used to be high and on drugs and, and God set you free. You're free today. And you need to gather some other people and say, let me show you how to walk in freedom. Let me show you. It's going to make all the difference in your life when you start giving your life away. Some of you, you've been through a divorce and God brought you through that. He's healed your heart. You're healthy and whole again. And you need to get some, some folks that have been through a divorce around you and say, I'm telling you, you can get through this. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to show you the ropes on how to lean on God, on how to get your heart healthy again. You can receive healing. You can be ready for your next marriage that God has for you. I'm telling you, church, when you start giving your life away, some of you are powerful business leaders. You're a business owner. And God has hardwired you to gather some people that desire to be an entrepreneur, that desire to start their own business. You say, let me show you how to do this. Let me mentor you. Let me help you. God's going to use you in that way. You're going to get to your purpose. Some of you, it's to lead a financial small group, Financial Peace University. You are stewarding your money in a way that honors God. You have margin. You have peace. And when you start investing in some other couples, in some other singles, and say, I'm going to show you how to be financially free. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to start serving you. I'm going to invest my life in others. God is going to put gas back in your tank. Elijah, get back to your purpose because you're created on purpose for a purpose. You're created on purpose for a purpose. Get your eyes off yourself. You're created on purpose for a purpose. You're created to build the kingdom of God. Start living out your purpose and watch God put some gas back in your tank. In 2024, own your health. In 2024, you got to own your own health. You got to own getting emotionally healthy, mentally, spiritually, physically healthy. Own it, own it, own it, own it. I close with the theme verse of this series. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Nobody's going to work it out for you. But God's worked in you. You got to work out you got to work out your emotional health, your mental health. you got to work out the presence of God. you you got to work out the practical steps. you got to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Lord, thanks for your word today. Thanks for your presence. I know there's some people here that are tired, that are weary, that are hurting, that are burdened. I know there's some people, their gas tank is running low. Father, I thank you for this word today that's breathing life into people that's giving people some handles on how they can take some steps forward and get some gas back in their tank. I thank you today for the presence of God when we stand up in a few moments and worship, that we'll lift our hands and, and we'll pursue the presence of God. We need your presence. We need the whispers of God. Lord, I pray for my church family. Put gas back in their tank. In Jesus' name I pray. As eyes are still closed and heads are bowed, there's some of you here that you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You're away from God. You're not serving God. It's obvious by your lifestyle. When you look at your life, you know that you don't belong to Jesus. 
you don't live for him. It's all about you. And today you need to turn your life over to Jesus. There are others of you that I'm talking to today that you used to serve God, you used to live God for God, but, but you've went your own way. You're distant with God. You're a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter. And today's your day to come back home. You've been living for yourself, living for the world, living for friends, living for the thrill. And today you need to come back home and to give your life to Jesus Christ. If that's you, you want to give your life to Jesus for the first time, or you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today's the day to get right with God. To not, not tomorrow, not next week. Today is the day to get right with God. God has a purpose for your life. Get in alignment with God. Give him your heart. Give him your life. Surrender to him today. If that's you, as I count to three, would you lift your hand up high uh, all around our locations today? One, two, three. Just lift it high. Say, Pastor, that's me. That's it. Others today, that's it. It's lifted high. That's it. That's it. So awesome. Others today. Come on, Midwest City, Northwest, Indianapolis. It's lifted high online. Come on, just lift it high. Are there others today? I need to give my life to Jesus. I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. That's it. Others today. Others today. Just lift it high. That's it. Others today. Come on, online. Just click the raise your hand button. Are there others? Are there others? I'm waiting. Just another moment. Somebody needs to get right with God. Somebody needs to surrender to God. Somebody needs to say yes to God. Is there somebody else today at one of our locations? You want to say yes to the Lord today. You want to, your sins to be forgiven. You want to rededicate your life to the Lord. Just lift it high right now. That's it. I saw your hand. Just go up there. Are there. Is there someone else? Someone else? Someone else? I'm going to ask every hand that's lifted right now to pray this prayer with me, to confess it with your mouth, to believe it in your heart, and God's going to wash away your sins. Pray with me now. Heavenly Father, I turn away from my life of sin and I turn my life over to Jesus. I believe he's the son of God. He died on the cross. He rose again and he's seated at the right hand of the father. I surrender my life to Jesus and I will live for Jesus the rest of my life. In Jesus name I pray.